Hello out there. Welcome to episode four of the Townsville Avengers Baseball Podcast. Uh, my name is Rory Contarino. Joining me this week is no one. <laughs> Unfortunately, had Daniel Cramming lined up to come on and host the show with me but unfortunately had to pull out last minute. So I'm going to be flying solo for this one. With that in mind, going to try and keep this episode a little brief because I'm sure no one out there wants to listen to me talk to myself for 45 minutes. So here we are at the end of the final week of preseason, four weeks of preseason behind us. And before we get into the last round of games we had on Sunday, uh, we had some huge news coming out of the Avengers this week. So we've now formed a third team out of our existing players, meaning Avengers is going to be putting up two B-grade squads and one A-grade squad. Uh, before I share my thoughts on it, I'll throw it over to Bonnie, who helpfully sent me a clip first thing this morning of his thoughts on the situation. I think it's really exciting that we get to announce the Taipans B-grade squad this year. Um, something we looked at last year was going for that third team and it just didn't quite get off the ground. Uh, this year, the Diamonds have put in a second team, so we now have Diamonds Blue and Diamonds Black, um, which left us with an odd number. So during the preseason, we trialled doing double headers, which probably wasn't the greatest fit. Um, the other alternative was the buy, so I don't think too many people really wanted to be missing out on baseball either. I know I certainly didn't. So with the sixth team now, we don't have to worry about that. Um, as far as playing against them goes, I really can't wait. You know, we've already sort of looked ahead in the calendar and it's the fifth week of the competition that we go up against Taipans. So uh, bring it on. You know, I think they're just as excited as we are and really can't wait to have that game and have that little inter-club competition. Um, really looking forward to that. Uh, as far as it goes for the association, I think it's great. It just shows that we're growing and, and getting more people to, to the sport, um, you know, Baseball Towns was a little bit unknown. We certainly are little brother to anything, you know, cricket, rugby league, uh, AFL, things like that. So I think it's great that we've shown this growth uh, and it's only going to help um, Baseball Towns will grow even more. Um, as far as for the Razorbacks go, you know, we need to develop some, some players. Now we don't have a, a genuine starting pitcher, um, which, again, just means we need to dig into our depths and, and really develop some guys, which is, again, only good for the club, only good for the association that we've got more skilled players. So really looking forward to it. Can't wait to take on type, type ends B in week five. I just know it'll be a Razor's victory. Um, but, yeah, I think it's fantastic for, for everyone involved. So overall, Bonnie's made some excellent points. Uh, number one is that having the extra team, having the six squads in B grade means that it smooths out the schedule. There's not going to be any buys or double headers. We'll just play one game every Sunday and that'll carry on all the way through the season. So that's much simpler. Uh, similar to Bonnie, I'm super excited for the week five matchup between the Taipans B and the Razorbacks. I think that's going to be one of the most exciting games in the early part of the regular season. This is indicative of the sport growing in Townsville. Obviously, baseball doesn't have huge penetration in in the minds of Australians. So it is good to see that we are getting enough people that we've now grown from where we were last year with four B-grade squads to now having six. Uh, and then 
if we look at the actual rosters for each of the teams, Bonnie already mentioned with the with his Razorbacks, he's going to stay on as the manager for that squad. Uh, they are going to need to develop pitching in particular. Early in the regular season, there is going to be, like every game is essentially going to be a bullpen game for them. So it'll be seeing whose arm is on on the day. And I think a lot of pressure is on Bonnie to not leave his pitches out there too long and just keep the line moving as much as they need to, to to stay in the games. They do still have plenty of veteran guys and they do have good defense. Uh, but just whoever's on the bump is going to have a hard task ahead of them. The B-grade type ends, this is a really veteran team. Like if you take out Paula, who's a teenager, take out Connor, who's in his 20s, but uh, does have plenty of experience, obviously, then what you're left with is a team where the average age is in like the mid to late 30s. So a lot of guys with a lot of experience. This is really helpful for people like myself and Daniel Cramming, who are the newer guys on the squad, will have uh, good role models to look to. And I'm sure if we have any questions, there'll be half a dozen people there ready to answer them. So good opportunity for us to grow. Uh, the Taipans B-grade team includes three guys who played for the A-grade Taipans last year, that being Riggsy, Ringo, and Scott Kelly. And just top to bottom, this is a very strong batting lineup. Like, the other whoever type ends B faces is going to need to bring the heat, otherwise they're just going to get boat raced by type ends B. Is my early impression. And then across the board throughout that squad, there's plenty of guys who can play uh, multiple positions. With regards to the A grade type ends, not much has changed. Uh, the only real notable change is that Travis Moody has been shuffled down to B grade type ends. Uh, I think that's more to help out the B-grade squad than it is uh, a statement about his capabilities. And if he continues to hit the way he has, and we'll get to that later in the episode, I think there's a better than average chance he ends up back on the A-grade squad anyway. Uh, and we'll get into the game in just a second, but if the final preseason game that the Taipans played on Sunday is any indication, this is going to be a nasty, nasty squad. Uh, and early front runner for a championship this year. And it's just really good pitching, very good defense and a lineup that doesn't really have any breaks from one to nine. So opposing pitchers are going to have a rough time. So speaking of, I'll now throw over to Harry Crane, who I caught up to after the Taipans game. Harry was involved in both games. I believe he played center field for both Razorbacks and Taipans. And so he has an interesting perspective on what happened out there. Good afternoon, sports fans. My name is Rory. I'm here with Harry Crane. Howdy, howdy. We are raking the mound after the second game of the day. Harry, you played both the Taipans and Razorbacks today. I did. Are you not exhausted? How do you manage to pull this off in, in 30 some odd degree heat? Oh, you know, get in, do the job, go home after you're done. Yeah, that was really insightful. Thanks for that. <laughs> So early in that Taipans game, had a couple of miscues in the outfield, yeah. but you cleaned it up towards the end. Uh, was there something you were doing differently or just got unlucky on the first ball that came your way? Oh, I think I just got unlucky on the first ball there. It looked like I was straight underneath it. Felt like I was right underneath it. Hit the fucking ground. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
Yeah, I think there was. Where'd an, you go? I think there was another one that was neither fish nor fowl that just bounced in front of you, like good old fashioned hit on yeah, the grass. Yeah, no, out there. I'm yeah. like, I'm not even gonna get close but to it, that. I'm just gonna. Let it got back into the infield yeah. nice and quick. so yeah. it was a good play. And similar in the Taipans game uh, at the plate, you had a rough K to start your your day, yeah. but then seemed to put it together. I think you had a nice hit and then a walk later in the game as well. Oh, you know, it's just coming up from B grade to A grade, two different leagues. You just got to sit there and get used to it again. Different pace. Yeah. And I don't know if you faced the pitcher who was at the end of the game there. Nah, I didn't. Uh, he was throwing some juice. Like, oh, he was throwing some even, juice. Even some of the very competent batters on Taipans were having trouble catching mm. up to it. Uh, the best they could do was like foul him off, essentially. Yeah. Uh, what about the Razorbacks game? Did you anything to point out there? You had a really good view from center field of all the action going on in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really point out anything too much. Just general sort of practice. I mean, it is preseason, so can't really expect too too much out of the whole team. But well, I'd say it was a fairly good go. My impression was that we hit the ball well. Mm. Uh, we did well with the with the bats, but just had some miscues on defense like especially in the the tail end of the game the last two innings like we got two outs and then just let them bat the lineup yeah um well i mean we've always batted well as a team as a club in general it's always been our sort of field work that have always needed work on it yeah despite like uh, 90 percent of practice being 90 percent of ground balls and and fielding we somehow end up just banging the shit out of it and And not being able to but Anything else you'd like to share with the the seven fans of the Townsville Avengers <laughs> Baseball Podcast? Oh, not really. I think I'm pretty much talked out. <laughs> well, we're into regular season next week, mate, so I can't wait to see what you do. Yeah, me too. All right. Thanks, brother. All right. So jumping in, we'll discuss the Razorbacks versus Steelers game first. Unfortunately, this ended up as a 12-10 to 10 loss. So the Steelers took it out. It honestly felt very similar to a lot of the Razorbacks v Steelers games from 2021 with the Steelers just using their athleticism and their aggressiveness to to force errors and, and generate runs, you know, via non-conventional means, via base running, essentially. Uh, going into the bottom of the final dig, Razors were up by four, but uh, we surrendered six runs at the end there to to give up the loss. Compounding that, in the top of the fourth, we went one, two, three. That was the only inning Razorbacks didn't score. So had we been able to get a couple of runs across there, the the W could have gone to the other team. Uh, overall, the offense was really strong for the Razorbacks, that last dig notwithstanding. Uh, but just miscues in the defense was really what cost us and at chasing base runners, chasing outs and, and generating errors through our own misplays. Sort of illustrative of that is looking at the fourth inning. So it went walk, uh, the fourth, the bottom of the fourth for the Steelers, I should say. So it went walk, single, single, error, hit by pitch, error, walk, walk, and then the inning ended with the last batter. So just couldn't buy an out in the bottom of the fourth dig. And as I said, surrendered six runs and surrendered the win there. Uh, the only other two things I'll mention on this game is that Paula, who pitched for the first two innings, was able to strike out Cameron Lewis twice. A hard out on any given day, but to to get him twice is super impressive. And then the other thing is some people have said that I'm a little bit too negative uh, regarding my own performance when I get on the mic to record these things. So, hey, 
I had two plate appearances and two hits. I couldn't be happier. Uh, let's roll now into the Taipans versus Pirates game. This was one I was waiting for. I know it's preseason. I know wins and losses don't matter. But this was the only team who had beaten the Taipans to this point. So I was hoping that the Taipans could get that W back. And they did. A very convincing win at that. It was 11-zip by the end of it. Uh, during beers after the game, there was some discussion that, hey, the box score doesn't really indicate the performance. And, and maybe that's how it felt for those guys who were out there playing. But from the sideline, it, to me, it really felt like Taipans were in, in the driver's seat for the entire thing. Uh, and to illustrate that point, the Pirates were ultimately no hit. They did get several base runners on, but it was as a result of it. I think they had three walks in the game, and then there were a couple of errors by the Taipans. Uh, Taipans had two double plays, so the defense is still kicking, still making really good plays out there. Uh, to their credit, Pirates look like they made the right management decisions. So their first two pitches only went for two innings apiece. They were pulled once it was evident that they were getting lit up, but the Taipans bats kind of just never relented and kept the pressure on the whole time. So hard to hard to manage around that. Uh, that is until the last inning where James Payne came in. He faced six batters, uh, only gave up uh, one hit in that time and generated all three of his outs via the strikeout. And from the sideline, it looked like it mainly just a brutal fastball that the Taipans couldn't catch up to. So really good pitching by Payne there to close out the game. Uh, four Taipans had uh, hit for doubles in the game. So that's Blizz, Servio, uh, Mickey J and Rosa. So as well as good batting averages, there's some good slugging coming through as well. And then on the pitching side, Mickey J did really well, obviously no hitting the Pirates through four innings, but then Servio closed the game out with two, one, two, three innings. So he looks like he's got uh, his stuff back in working order after having taken a couple of games to get his eye in. Overall, this was a super entertaining game. I, I had fun sitting on the sideline and cheering on, and hopefully it's indica indicative of what uh, a full-strength Taipan squad is going to do uh, going into the start of the regular season. So just a couple before we wrap up. I know this has been a so super short episode, but Again, I don't want to sit here talking to myself for too long. A uh, couple of interesting stats I, I found by perusing Game Changer. And, like These are Game Changer stats, so take that for what it is. So on the B-grade side, against B-grade opposition, Harry Crane is batting 1,000. Uh, Kathy Rowe on the Razors has a on-base percentage of 889. And then moving into A grade, Dion so far has zero hits in the uh, through preseason, but he has a on base percentage of a thousand. Mickey J, despite uh, telling everyone how bad he is at baseball, has an OPS of one dot seven, uh, and he's leading Avengers in extra base hits. He's also given up zero earned runs in seven innings pitched. Uh, Boss is the other pitcher. For Avengers who's given up zero earned runs, but she doesn't have quite as many innings pitched as Mickey J does. And then the last one to mention is Travis is batting 883 at the moment, which is 
wild in A grade. And he also has three walks on top of that. So kind of an on-base machine so far uh, early in his career with Avengers. That's all I have to say this week, guys. Again, keeping it short. Uh, I did have kind of a special episode planned for this one, but uh, the best laid plans of Mice and Men often go awry. So hopefully next week I'll have a, a guest on or have a co-host with me and we can go a bit longer and discuss what's happening in the regular season. Uh, again, thank you all for listening. I'm super excited for baseball moving forward. Uh, really want to see how these two Avengers B-grade squads carry out their jobs once they hit the field. And can't wait to get out there on Sunday again. So thanks again. Catch you next time.